The Kings have traded Tyrese Halliburton, Bunny Heald, and Tristan Thompson to the Pacers for Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second round pick. What? No, they didn't. No, they, they didn't. Absolutely did. They which included now Halliburton they and the Pacers just loaded up. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? Again, happy Black History Month. What's up? I am mad. That oh, the Trailblazers started Black History We'll get coming. into it. Give we me a second. I knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming. I will, I will, I will, he dri- just couldn't I will wait. drive the boat there. Just give me one all right. second. Yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just wait. I can't help wait. myself. It's terrible. <laughs> Before we get into all the chaos that is the NBA season so far, we want to go ahead and thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. There are no vowels in the word buckets because we're too cool for all of that we're on insta and twitter interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show okay so before we hop into 315 as christian alluded he is very upset about what just went down before we were going to go on air between the trailblazers and the pelicans now Portland continues to clean house as they have just sent CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell to New Orleans for Josh Hart, Alexander Walker, Sadoransky, and Luzada, a future first-round pick and two future second-round picks. Fellas, let me get your instant reaction to just w- to what just went down. Let me go first because I know he's gonna just oh, man. he's gonna go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Christian got some things I, he wanted to get off his chest, as, so I know you're gonna much be quicker. As, <laughs> as, yeah, I'm gonna be really quick. I'm gonna be really quick for him. I, I'm disappointed because we've been talking about this. I think since we started the podcast, like what what's going on? Like, are we really trying to win? And I feel like mm. this is one of those things where it's like like you guys are saying like this is not to they're not trying to win a championship. So okay, you guys are gonna start from scratch. But what's up with Dame? Was like. These moves that they're making to me, and you guys can check me if I'm wrong, all due respect to the players they got. Like, you know, those, those are great players. But this is this should have been done a long time ago, like what you say, Ash. And now they decided to do this. And now what are you going to get for Dame? Like, like you always say. So I'm just, I'm excited to see what happens next, but I'm very disappointed in, in how they went about this. Well, it was, and Christian, before you, you tap into this, because I know you got a lot to say on the matter. Let's, let me throw some things out there. One, it was reported that, you know, the Trailblazers do um, plan on building around Dame, you know, with Jesus all of the cap Christ. space that they just filled. I mean, they freed. I think it's about sixty million. They also have the twenty-one million um, trade restriction money as well, which you know is very similar to what Julius Randle is making. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Um, and you know, again, they are going to go ahead and build once again around Damian Lillard. But look, I think the situation is this: two things. One, Dame's not leaving Portland. Um, they can offer him a lot of cash. You know, he's going to be 32 this summer. I think he's very comfortable with the space that he's in. And look, sometimes not everyone wins a championship and you can't want more for Dame than Dame wants for himself. And if he prioritizes the money over going someplace and being guaranteed, and I put that in air quotes because nothing is guaranteed of winning Mm -hmm. a championship, 
then you know what? At the end of the day, like, you know, different strokes for different folks, if you will. The only mm-hmm. team that can really offer him what Portland can is Boston. And Boston's going to have to clean house to do that. They're not going to go ahead and make that move. Truthfully, mm-hmm. I feel like CJ in Boston would have worked better for both parties. I feel like CJ in New York would have worked better for both parties. I know that CJ would have thoroughly enjoyed going to either of those cities. I mean, who wouldn't? They're great cities. Not to say New Orleans isn't. I'm a big fan of NOLA. Love their food, love their people, love their culture. Mm-hmm. But those are also ultimately better situations for someone of CJ's talent um, Mm -hmm. for a few reasons. But the biggest is Zion. Look, Zion is Mm -hmm. not healthy. You know, he's up and down, you know, whether it's with his weight, whether it's with injuries. And I've spoken about this all the time. The front office in New Orleans does not do that team and that fan base any justice. Mm -mm. They don't know Mm -mm. what they're doing. They don't know how to manage talent. We've seen it time and time again with them. It's not like I'm throwing it something out there that has never been said before and we haven't seen before. It happened. It happened with Anthony Davis. It's kind Mm -hmm. of happening with Zion. So technically, is it a better situation than Portland? Yeah, but it's not a good situation for CJ. And someone of CJ's talent and leadership, I feel... Portland kind of played him a little bit. They could have done that better was, by someone petty. who's been so respect. loyal to that right. franchise that and that petty. fan base. That they could have done better by him. That's just yeah. how I feel. <clears throat> yeah, that was petty. <clears throat> All right, do your thing, Chris. I, 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 we hear you. Go ahead, do your CJ thing. CJ McCollum spent, this is his ninth year for the Trailblazers. This 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 was season nine for him, right? So for someone right. who spent so much time with a, fran- a, fan- a franchise that hasn't built a legitimate contender around him, First and right. foremost, you would think a player of stature wants one of two things. Either he wants to go to a big market or he wants right. to go to a contender right away. Doing New Orleans right. is neither. New Orleans is neither of those, right? Mm. New Orleans, you're, you're trying to make the play in your 10th seed right now. You're probably going to lose in the play. And CJ just signed a three-year, $100 million deal. So if the Pelicans don't want to trade him, they don't have to trade him. He's in limbo again. He just went right. from being in limbo to being in limbo again. So right. shame on the Trailblazers for sending him there. Yes, I understand it's a business. You got to get what you want to get. You got to get your right. draft picks, whatever, right? You have to do better by players like CJ because now you're expecting more high-end players to come play with Dame after they just after they just watched you trade CJ, you did, CJ. to New Orleans. Yeah. No one is yeah. going to Portland. No yeah. one is doing it. I'm yeah. sorry. It hasn't happened before. It's not going to happen now. No one is going to Portland, especially after seeing them trade CJ to New for Orleans. That, no disrespect. Not and, and, that, but I think that it's... it's... <sighs> The future does not look bright. Like it's no, not like it's not nah. like you trade. Here's the thing. If they had traded CJ to New Orleans and they got a severely beneficial package, an immediate difference maker package, I think right. what Christian's saying would be a moot point. You know what I mean? It would it right. it would change the dynamics of that team and it might make someone say, hmm, I can play with Dane. This team looks much better. Like, let me do it. Right. But they, they didn't got Josh Hart. They didn't really get drastically better. Respect. And they yep. traded someone who's given so much to that team to a situation that on paper, yeah, seeding wise, are they better? But it's not the best place for him. And you also didn't get that much in return. There were other options that could have resulted in immediate benefactors for Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers as a whole. And I I don't get it. I just don't get it. Do you think, because you know, big time team, this is real. Like they ask the big time guy. 100%. Do you think he has a voice with this? 100%. What? 100%. That brings me to my second point. What are you guys doing? Portland, you're not, unless Dame has something going in the back that I don't know. He could be talking, oh, he to, might got something up he could be talking yeah. to Kawhi right now on some, hey, what's up, big dog? Come to Portland, right? I don't think that's the case. 
You, if you're going to trade CJ, the next logical move has to be trading oh, Dame man. and getting draft assets and restarting. We've said this all along. They're just continually kicking the can down the road. Right. Trade him I, where? He's not leaving Supermax money on the table. So who uh, else can afford to pay him except for Boston? And Boston's not going to haul all of the t- the players that it would require to get Damon so Lillard and to about, be able to pay him. Is it about money? Is it about money or is it about loyalty? Right well, or what is it? What, you know what? I want. I want some. There's a, price, I want there's to... a price tag on his loyalty, and that's a, that's in the result of a supermax. I'm not mad. No, at the Dame. price tag is is retiring without a championship. I'm that's not, the price but tag. But you know what, Christian? I'm not. Not everybody wins a championship. Not every everybody wants to, but not retiring everybody. Without competing not everybody, for one. But Let's not everybody wins a championship. And if Dame for Dame, if he can't win it on his terms, and that's getting it out the mud, you know, you've heard him say, I'm loyal to the yeah. soil. Like yeah. if he can't win one on his terms, like he's not gonna go ahead and change that because we think he deserves better. He, I think he needs that to if change he his can't terms. make it work in Portland, look if I can't make it work in Portland in terms of a championship, at least let me get paid. Get paid, young man. Get paid. Look, the money lasts a lot longer than a championship do sometimes. So, I mean... A cha- championship yeah. lasts forever. I get it, but at the end of the day, are we going to look... I mean, is Dame still not going to be ring. one of the best players in the in NBA history because he didn't win a championship? I mean, Alan that's Iverson usually where the conversation starts. But Allen Iverson where, didn't win a championship. And, and we think Alan he's one Iverson of the greatest. On the, yeah, he is. But there's levels, right? Where do you consider AI? Do you have him on your Mount Rushmore? No. No, right? but you I have mean, him. You have him several notches below. Where, where is AI listen, on the, on the top? We can, on and the, this is where we can get broiled down into it. I and Chris Paul said it best on the podcast the other day with JJ. Right at a certain point, Chris you know Paul's another yes, one. Exactly, but Chris Paul is in position right now to compete for a championship but if he, because but if he what? He made the win moves a champ, that were necessary. If he doesn't he win a championship, is he still not the point guard? Is he still not the greatest point guard we've ever seen? I mean, sure, what I'm saying, the greatest I'm, point guard we've ever seen, no. What I'm but. saying is, is before we move on, what I'm saying is, is at a certain point, players realize, like, look... I already got the accolades. People are people will say forever Dame's a real one. No one's ever going to bash his basketball. No one's ever going to bash him. It may, at this point, does he want to win? Of course, he's a competitor. Is it at the top of his priority list? Maybe not, because if it were, he would have moved on from Portland. So you, at this point, you can't want better for a player than they want for themselves. And that's, that's exactly mm, what it is right now. That was it. He, he and must I think not want. You guys said that like five months. Maybe they should go back and play that, because I think, uh, Chris, one of you guys said that a few months ago where it's like, come on, man, we we see what's about to happen. I think it was you, Chris. You was like, we see what's about to happen with this season. Like, fix this now. And then Ash was like, no, we need to fix this now. And now we're in a situation that but then we, I forgot the term you use, Ash. It was like the house is burnt. Something crazy oh, yeah. was a good term. We gotta, fight. We gotta yeah, do and, the the insurance claim, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was like a week ago. But I'm saying you you talked about this months ago, and it's like if we saw this, management saw it. If we saw this, the teams, the players, uh, which is the main guy, Dame, they saw it. And like you're saying, get it from the mud. We appreciate that. And I think you said this, Ash, bro. If you leave that team, nobody's gonna look at you different. You know what I'm saying? You all due respect to the Trailblazers. He deserves better. He Bats. gave them chances. He gave them chances to build the team yeah. around them, and they are failing. So yeah, okay. now they have more time to fail. All right, so we can double back on the Dame and Portland saga. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about this. But right now, we're going to get into three on five. So in this installment, we're going to go over five names that have been linked to trade rumors. And I want predictions. So tap into your Astrodamus bag because, you know, your girl does it well. I want predictions as to where they will end up by February 10th, 12 p.m. Eastern time. You guys ready? All right, y'all. 
So let's do it. Topic number one. We start in the city of brotherly love, and that's Philadelphia with the name that has been circulating in the trade winds even before the season started. Of course, I am talking about Ben Simmons. Lethal, where do you think Ben Simmons is playing basketball, if at all, after the trade deadline? Mm. All due respect, as 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 stubborn as my guy Daryl is, like <clears throat> if they don't get what they're looking for, he he's not gonna be playing at all. Mm. Um, Granted, I listen, like, Maury does want the second coming of Jesus for this man, so... Yeah, he's not... You know, the one thing I respect about Daryl, he's just like, look, you know, if, if we're not getting what we're getting, this is what we're going to do. I would have came out this season, like you said, mm-hmm. everybody, I got something to prove. Right. I'm going to show everybody. I'm talking about, I'm going to the basket, I'm dunking on people, I'm yelling, I'm elbowing people, I'm dunking, I'm sprinting the lanes, I'm I'm going backwards. If, if I, I don't know what he's capable of going through the lane. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing so much force to the game that people will say, damn, man, Chris is... Chris tripping, but 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 by doing that, like you're saying, Ash, ain't nobody gonna think about that lay, that layup no more. No, and I feel like with him, I'm telling you, if it's getting to a point that it's 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 you're sinking in sand, and it's like your head's there, and you're still just breathing just a little bit because if you go too deep, this is gonna get to a point where if he does play next year and he doesn't have that great season, it's gonna it could it could hurt his legacy a little bit. It is. I think that's the problem, right? Like. He's sat so long that we don't even remember. Like, I'm over here saying, yeah, Ben Simmons can play defense. Exactly. All we know, all we remember is he don't like to shoot. We have to assume that that's how he plays because that's our lasting memory of him. And that's why I think he did himself more harm than good by sitting out. If he would have played, people would have been like, oh, yeah, I can see how he fits into our scheme right now. Let's trade that star that we don't really want to trade for him. Right now, it's Mm. like, yo. I, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up playing. I don't think he's going to come to Brooklyn. I think we're, we're going to talk about that soon. And what other options are, are out there? Are, are you trading him to Sacramento for De'Aaron Fox? The Kings don't seem to want to trade him. Where are nah. you sending him, right? Are you trading him for Dame? It looks like the Trailblazers nah. are going to try to build around Dame That's what I was about again. To say. Yeah. Your options are running out <laughs> if you're down, Maury. It's looking bad, and, and bro. Just, he need to put that jersey yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, he's saying. He needs to play. That's my bad. I, I'll say this. Bro, the I'm telling y'all, and, and, and this is me talking to Ben Simmons right now. Bro, you're good. You're elite. Fuck what everybody think about that layup. Fuck what everybody's saying about the Jimmy. Bro, you one of the best basketball players in the world to all of us. Bro, do your thing. Like, stop thinking about what everybody thinks about you because the real hoopers, they know you. You are one of one. You get what I'm saying? And I think with this Philly team, how they're playing, if you slide Ben up in there, shoot. I know you I know you love the Nets, bro. And I know you, I know, but I'm telling you, they, they going to them Eastern Conference. Like, they are... If you the way Joel's playing right, if he keeps playing that elite level and then Ben slides up in that with that unit, shit, they got they got some potential. Well, bro. look, before we before we move on to topic number two, I'll just say this. You know, we say it all the time. The NBA is a what have you done for me lately league. And yeah, the only thing that people that. remember right now is Ben Simmons not going up for that layup. And unfortunately, there's so much more to his legacy and him as a player on, and his skill set than that, but only he has the power to change the narrative. So hopefully he does that. Otherwise, he may be in Philly a lot longer than he wants to be. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to topic number two and head to the borough that birthed me and Christian. That's It's going through a little bit of a rough patch because that big three experiment is not working. And it is rumored that James Harden wants to be 
out and rid of the entire situation. Christian, being a beat writer for the team, do you think it's possible that James Harden is no longer wearing a Nets uniform after the trade deadline? That's tough. Um, you know, just following this whole saga, I'm leaning closer to no um, than I am no that he's not being traded, as in, yes, he's still wearing a Nets jersey versus no, he's not going to be on the team. Um, it, it just, when you look at all the reporting on Harden's quote-unquote desire to leave Brooklyn, it's always coming from a Philly reporter. It's always coming from someone who has ties to Philly, which means it's it's being pumped out. by this is This is really just a textbook showcasing of a GM trying to create smoke and mirrors, right? It's, it's really just yeah. smoke and mirrors. I don't really think James Harden wants to leave. Start chaos. Yeah, he's trying to start yeah. chaos from afar yeah. and then in hopes that a reporter like me is going to take there because I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a report and ask James Harden, hey, you know, there's a report here that says you don't like living in New York City. What do you think yeah. about that? And now James Harden looks crazy. Of course, that's why I they love you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why Philly, Philly you. looking yeah. at me, I'm just doing my yeah. job. But like... Yeah, you keeping it real. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, like, you also have to keep it real about some of this reporting. It, it's just... You know, the NBA is number one. We've already seen that the NBA is going to investigate the Sixers for any possible tampering here because it's, mm. it's just too obvious, right? And, and second, if you're James Harden, the grass is greener in Brooklyn, right? I, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find any player that you'd rather want to play with than Kevin Durant, right? Like, Kevin Durant is that was that one of one And then from there, even if you have a part-time Kyrie, I know part-time Kyrie has been, you know, has gotten on James Harden's nerves just because of how much of a load he's got to carry. That's still being able to play with Kyrie and KD and you add James. If you got those three players on the floor at the same time, I don't know who's beating you in a game. I got a question for you. Hit me. You're saying if you got those three players on the court at the same time, those three players haven't played exactly. on the court at the same time And that's ever. the problem. So, that's yeah. the issue. So, that's so, the problem. So hear this, though. You mean to tell me if James Harden was on the 76ers right now, the way their team is, because they have all due respect to your Nets team, you know, it's a lot going on over there. Sure. It seems like Philly has a better connection right now. If you move James Harden to Philly, that, where that, where think, where he should have went anyway? I said this from the yeah. beginning when it was <sighs> circulating that you know it, he was going to leave like Houston. Nets, so we know you didn't no, want no, him to go to I, It wasn't about it wasn't had nothing to do with the Nets. I thought for both parties, okay. Philly and Houston would get a lot from Philly, and Philly would get a lot from Houston in terms of James Harden. It just did not. I'm not a so big fan of stacking offenses and and being and for them being top heavy. It's the same thing I feel about the Lakers. I don't think it works. It hardly yeah. ever works. This is not the era of the big three in Miami. It does not work. Yeah. And even the big three in Miami had a deep team. They had yeah. Chalmers. They brought in Ray Allen. They had a, a, a really, really deep team. Haslam was still able to play. I mean... Brooklyn just went ahead and put all their stock in three guys. Neglected I don't think that's the... fair. I don't think that's fair. Then that's a deeper than you give them credit for. They got Patty Mills. They got LaMarcus Aldridge. They got Joe Harris. The whole roster got signed into the health and safety protocols. What you talking about? We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number three. And we're going to go ahead and go across the Brooklyn Bridge and head into Manhattan because at Madison Square Garden, there's some things going down, okay? With his recent up and down play and beefing with the fans of New York, Julius Randle's name has been tossed around as a player to possibly be moved by the deadline. I will start with this one as the resident Knicks fan on the panel. I don't think Julius Randle is moved, um, at least not by this trade deadline. Do I think he's part of the Knicks forever? Mm, I don't think so. I just think that with somebody like Julius Randle in terms of contract and things like that, 
you hold on to your big fish until there's another is an even bigger fish that you want to go ahead and land. Because when it comes to the business of basketball, there are no take backs. So if there's something better that comes along and you want to go ahead and move your biggest asset, your, that biggest contract to go ahead and secure them and lock them in, you can't do that if you've already done it. So I do think the Knicks make a smaller move. Um, I think Burks is a possibility. I think Kemba's a possibility. I think one of the young guys are a possibility. Maybe even Evan Fournier, depending on what you can get in Damn. return for him. Julius mm. Randle, I know Knicks fans aren't going to like this. I don't think he's going anywhere by February 10th. Down the line, maybe in the summertime, maybe next season, different conversation. But February 10th, I got not going anywhere. Is is it true he really unfollowed the Knicks page? I don't think he was actually ever. <laughs> I don't think he was actually ever following them. But here, uh, I also that's hard to believe. I, don't, I was about to I say, think, Chris, if, he, if that's real, he ain't he gone. But he he also, knows so well. I mean, he, uh, he follows them on Twitter. His bio still says New York Knicks. It's not. He still has yeah. all his Knicks pictures yeah. up there. I don't think he was ever yeah. following them. If he did unfollow them, maybe he just didn't want to see the comments. Or I yeah. don't put too much stock in that. Kyler Murray. No, I'm just asking. Kyler Murray just unfollowed the Cardinals. Is he is he requesting a trade? I know Ash, but you know, some of these teams, social media is be kind of petty. You know, the Lakers, when Kuz and KCP and all those guys got traded, they unfollowed all those Darren guys. Darren so Fox like, unfollowed yeah. the uh, Sacramento the Kings, Kings, but he's well, like, I don't he follow the Kings too. He, if also I was said, he also said, I haven't been following the University of Kentucky. I guess I got beat for them also. I, I just, I don't put uh, too much stock uh, in it. Okay. I'm I just saying. I'm just saying. I don't, here's I don't here's all I'll say. You know, watching that Lakers game was so, oh so my God. stressful because I'm not even a Knicks fan. It was like you guys were playing two different styles of basketball. Ball, right, the first half is what you want to see. That's what you want to see. If the Knicks played all season the way they played that first half against the Lakers, top five in the East, top, they'd be right back to the fourth seed they was at last year, mm-hmm. right? Yes, but they don't. This and no. this is where things happen. The defense is inconsistent. The ball gets stagnant. We all know why. Julius Randle holds on to the ball, you know, and and from there, just that takes energy out of your team. That once lethal, correct me if I'm wrong. When that ball is moving around the floor, everyone feels involved <laughs> and everyone is playing harder. When when you're just sitting there looking at one person dribble the clock out before they go takes to a, rhythm out. A, a pull up sidestep contested falling away too, right? Like that's not what you want to see. So do I think the Knicks need to trade Julius Randle? Maybe. But what they need to do is give him a clear understanding of what they want from him, right? right? And let's move that ball. That's a great point. That is a great point. You can't expect a player to play to a certain standard when their role isn't clearly defined. Yes, you know, that's not taking away lack of effort. That's not taking away lack of, you know, positive body language, all that stuff. That's all warranted. I can understand the frustrations. That's fine. But Julius Randle had a very clear role last season, right? He was the leader. Mm-hmm. You know, by default, he was the leader because you didn't really have many options. He was the primary ball handler. This season, you added new pieces to your roster and you want his role to change, but you don't really want it to change because you still are constantly putting the ball in his hands. So am I the primary ball handler or am I not? Am I supposed to pass the rock or am I not? Am I supposed to always shoot or am I not? And that's not going ahead and clearing Julius Randle or justifying the things that he has not done well this season from his game to his attitude. But it's also the responsibility of the coach to go ahead and clearly define everyone's role. Down the stretch, who's the primary ball handler? Who's our closer? Who is our starting unit? Who's our bench unit? Who goes? Who is our point guard? Who is our start? Who's our second unit point? I mean, there are so many different um, roles that have to be defined and you can't leave that up to the player to figure out. And you also can't expect one thing from somebody when their role is completely something different. And I think it's an unfair critique of Julius Randle, not saying that 
uh, some of the critique is not warranted, but in, there's pieces of it that are not on him. And that's that's how I feel about that. Seeing some of this stuff behind the scenes, you know, coaches do take the time, which you guys already know, to say, hey, Ash, at the elbow, when you turn around, don't dribble. This guy's going to go back door. If that read isn't there, once that read isn't there, drive downhill. Then there's some guys that they say, okay, when I get the ball, they said don't dribble. I'm still going to dribble. So we can't say that they're not telling him what to not do, what to do, because it looks like when he does simplify the game, they're winning crazy. Mm -hmm. But when he goes outside of the system, it looks like, like, like Chris is saying, everybody just starts like just, just playing really bad. You guys start shooting air balls. You guys don't get back on defense. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but when you get signed to that much money, unfortunately uh, it sucks. And it's, it's like that in business. Like if we're on a podcast, Ash, and, and you're getting paid more than all of us and you're not carrying the, the conversation, it's your fault. So it's like that in, in sports, which you already know. If they're losing, it's his fault because the ball is probably in his hands 70% yeah. of the time. Now, that's so unfortunate. There is no way you can't tell me, like we said about James Harden moving without the basketball and doing stuff. There's no way you can't tell me that Julius Randle can't do other things outside of that system to make everybody else better. No, of like, course not. You know, of course not. Yeah, so it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a give and take. I think it's half on the coaches and half on Julius. And I think that's the exactly. most fair way of explaining it. Before we move on, Christian, is. any trades you can see for Julius real quick? I mean, I'd like Julius for Fox, right? Julius for De'Aaron Fox, some type of swap there because we obviously know y'all need a point guard. Um, but I mean, if we're doing position for position and someone that I think might be a better fit, what about, you know what I'm saying? Go back to the team that knocked you out. See, see what's up with John Collins. It seems like John Collins is always involved in trade rumors, right? Every year, it seems like for the last two years, the Hawks have been trying to get off him. Lethal, what do you think about that? You think the Hawks would like to have Julius next to Trey Young or is that not going to work? Well, the way that Trey plays, um, which you already know, unfortunately, he's ball dominant. So. Yeah. If Julius was to, in the summertime, work with somebody to teach him how to play outside, and I'm not trying to say he doesn't, but teach somebody to show him how to play without the ball, like a Russell Westbrook, um, like different players who normally have the ball in their hand, but they have to go. You know who's a good example? Uh, Ash Kimba. He's used to being ball dominant, mm -hmm. but now he's in a system where he has to be off the ball. If somebody was to teach these guys how to play off the basketball, these guys would kill in today's NBA. So I don't think he'll relate well with Trey. Because Trey wants to have the ball in his hand to give people alley-oops and to, yeah. to get people in their spaces. And Julius, to get a rhythm, he has to have the ball just like Trey. That's where the confusion is right now with the Lakers with Russ and LeBron on the floor. Both of them want to bring the ball up the court. You know what I mean? Uh, this this is why they, they come to you, Lethal. This is why they come oh to you to train gosh, NBA players because you be breaking down the film. This, we we oh are in, we're in the presence of greatness here, Ash. You nah, feel me? Man, like, you guys are breaking it down. The film breakdown is, is amazing. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to topic number four now. And listen, you mentioned De'Aaron Fox, but that might not be a possibility for New York at this moment in time because we have breaking news. We yeah. were huh. going to talk about Marvin Bagley III and De'Aaron Fox for topic number four, but the Kings have just completed a blockbuster deal involving other players. The Kings have traded Tyrese Halliburton, Bunny Heald, and Tristan Thompson to the Pacers for Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second round pick. No, they didn't. No, they, they didn't. They absolutely did. They which included now the, the Pacers just which, loaded up. Listen, which now just means to me that De'Aaron Fox is 100% off the table. Um, Christian, Lethal, I'm going to start with you, Lethal. Let me get your instant reactions to this. Oh, my it, goodness. It's crazy. My instant reaction is... If I'm De'Aaron Fox, I'm going in that front office I'm and I'm just 
I'm flipping it. No, like I said, all respect to the players that got traded there, but I'm flipping a table. Like, how do you let, like, no, no, Ash. I that's, can't. That's, that's all. That's it. I that's can't it. believe that this is what they, I, listen, I know DeMontis Sabonis is really good. He's a beast. He makes an Don't impact. He makes an He's impact. A beast. He, I mean, I've watched him. He almost shut down Joel Embiid in that in that series, sure. right? We watched he that. He different. Happen. He different. But to give up, Tyrese Halliburton is a stud, right? We we He's watched a beast. him play. Buddy Hield is underrated. Up on that, I I was. Buddy Hield is top. Yeah. Buddy Hield is underrated. The NBA, right? yeah. Top four in the NBA in threes made. Y'all don't want to make the playoffs. Y'all don't want to keep De'Aaron Fox either. Trade De'Aaron Fox to Julius Randle right now. Because you at this point, you might as well have Julius Randle running the you one. You can't have Julius Sabo- Randle and Sabonis. They can't do Yes, that, they bro. can. They're the Sacramento Kings, How? and they're dysfunctional. They're terrible. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean, they're going to do. They just traded Tyrese Halliburton. So it's a lot to digest. But one, I feel terrible for Buddy Hield because all he's ever wanted was to go to L.A. And now he's in Indiana. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like, how do, oh you up, how do you end up and that's my wanting man, to so go? I know he is. The man wanted to go to L.A., but you know, New York, you know what it is. anywhere but Sacramento, and you sent him to Indiana. So that's Indiana. that. But second of all... All due respect to Indiana, we don't want, want the fans to jump I'm, on us because you're the fans that jump on you on Twitter. Yeah, I, oh my I don't... God. Listen, no shade for Indiana. Shout you don't want that Pacers. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Well, not shout out to the Pacers. I'm a Knicks fan, and I still remember yeah. Reggie Miller. But whatever. Um, yeah. Pacers got a deal just Here's, now. This I, is, just I wonder, won. and this is my question for you guys. If this was in the works, you know, the Pacers probably asked for either Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox. If that's, that's the case, point. you always we would give up. Halliburton over Fox. Now, if they just yeah. volunteered Halliburton, then someone needs to lose their job. But if Somebody, they yeah. went ahead and gave them the ultimatum of one or the other, did they make the right decision? And that even more so it goes ahead and, you know, goes to the conversation or the narrative of that Darren Fox is completely off the table for a future trade, at least hey, by February 10th. The Pacers GM gotta be from Brooklyn, because only someone from Brooklyn could have hustled another GM like this. This is crazy. <laughs> you gotta tweet that. that. That's that funny. Was how- you, you got know, Hallib- that was a good tweet. That was a good I'm tweet. I'm going to tweet that. Listen, yeah. I, and and I feel like some of what I'm saying is downplaying Sabonis. I don't want to downplay oh, Sabonis. Oh, no, he's, he's, a, be- he's a beast. Man, people better not get this mistaken. But, he is different. But you're, only, but you're getting Sabonis and then just the drop-off. You're getting Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. I mean, I get it, right? Those are role players. That doesn't move the needle for you. If you're trading Tyrese Halliburton, who you just drafted, right? And he you're trading beast, Buddy Heald, who can score in bunches, you got to either get assets or you got to get different pieces that can bring you up to playoff contention. This isn't going to do it, Sacramento. You fumbled the bag again. How many bags is Sacramento going to fumble? How many bags are we going to keep allowed? Somebody got to hold them accountable. Somebody just texted me. Somebody just said, all due respect to my guy. Those are my guys, the Kings. But somebody just texted me and said, this is why they're not going to be in the playoffs for another 16 years. I said, goodness gracious. This is ridiculous. It's it's hectic. It's it's a situation. We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number five. Everyone take a deep breath and relax. That's crazy. We're going to close out three on five and bring out a name you might not have heard in a while. And that is John Wall, because as of right now, Wall is just wasting away in Houston, waiting for another team to pick him up. Christian, there are a few teams in need of a point guard. Is it possible that John Wall gets moved before February 10th? John Wall signed a four-year, $171 million deal with the Washington Wizards before they traded. again? Goodness gracious. Four years, $171 million. This year, 
he's going to make 44 million. And you know, for sure, he's not turning down the $47 million player option. And what comes when you sign that money is that your life is out of your hands because you can't force a team to trade you because nobody's going to want to pick up that deal. And if I'm the Rockets, I'm not buying out your contract. Unless you t- unless you forfeit eighty percent of it, I'm not buying that out. You could just sit here. So nah, I don't think anybody's gonna. Unless you're telling me that trading John Wall, who really hasn't played, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. John Wall ain't really playing. Mm-mm. If you if you if you're trading John Wall off his couch for Russell Westbrook straight up, and you believe that's the answer, if you're the Lakers, then maybe. But I don't see anywhere else you're gonna have to make salaries match, and at a certain point, making those salaries match is gonna cost you a player that you really don't want to so give you, up. You want you want Russ back. In Houston. in Houston. No, I don't want Russ back in Houston. I was just saying well, that's the only I'm saying, idea. Houston, why would Houston take Russell Westbrook Houston back? No, they, 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 they already they, got they, rid they, of that they, contract. They, yeah, they, yeah, they was like, we gotta, gotta go, gotta that go. Would be, I'm sorry. That would be crazy to like I take think, him back after everything you did to get rid of him. Like that was, He ain't gonna play there. Yeah, that's, I don't done. even think Russ would yeah. go there. He would probably be on that trade. John Wall's on the upside <laughs> down right now. I don't know if he can end up anywhere that makes sense, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think about teams that have players making a lot of money. Unless you're like, unless you're Philly and you want to trade him for, for Tobias Harris, you put put together a package around Tobias Harris that gets you John Wall. Tobias John, I don't think John, that makes sense, though. John Wall again, is, yeah, John Wall's a weird conundrum because it's... <sighs> You don't know what version of John Wall you're getting. Exactly. It's almost it's like, like Ben it's Simmons. A, it's a hefty, hefty contract exactly. to pick up for a wild card. And I hate to say mm-hmm. that because there was a moment in time with Beal and Wall, you thought, yo, they could actually do this. Like, this this looks like a duo. And it just did yeah. not work. And it hasn't been the best resume for John Wall. Listen, he got paid and... You know, shout out to his team, shout out to his agent. But it's like if you're a team looking to especially a team of like the 76ers caliber mm-hmm. who are contenders, you're not picking up that kind of a contract for someone you don't even know if you can utilize them. And you're already you're playing really. You already got Ben Simmons to worry about. Like you're not trying to pick up another contract for a player who you don't know is going to be able to contribute to that contender era of your team. You know, the 76ers are playing really, really well. They need a a piece that can be implemented right away and could be a difference maker right away. And unfortunately, that's not John Wall. And it sucks because you look at Bradley Beal in Washington right now and you think about the days of him and Wall together and what could have been. And Bradley Beal's not doing well in Washington. John Wall's not doing well in Houston. And it's overall a very sad situation because not Mm -hmm. only were they great teammates, they were great friends. And you you wish they could have made it work, but it just... It's it's unfortunate, man. But yeah, Russell's not going back to Houston. He would retire nah. before that happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh-uh. how do y'all mm-hmm. how y'all like done. this trade, right? If the give Celtics give up Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, and however other many players they need to meet the salary requirements to get John Wall, but do you like no. that next to Tatum and Jalen nah. Brown? But you don't. No. I mean, again, I'm it not goes respect, back I'm to the, it goes back him. to the wild just, card thing. If he fits, if he right. if like like she's saying, if he gonna come in, he's driving, going down, kicking it, and he's knocking down the gym and doing. He's been posting some stuff on the gram. It's been looking pretty good. I know it's social media guys, but he's he's been looking pretty good in the runs in Miami. You saying it so was the edited thing I'm for TikTok? Is, is that what you're saying? No, exactly. no, no, no. I'm saying like if he's that guy with Ashley saying, I agree with her 100 percent Now that John Wall, I'll give up Marcus Smart um and everybody. I'll give up the house to be beside um uh, b- beside those other superstars they have, especially in that unit they're playing because they have they have that Spurs system. Yeah. And the good thing is, it's not such a crazy system where John Wall has to run crazy. So if John Wall could come in, knock down that Jimmy, get to the basket, um, but 
all due respect, if he's not playing the way he normally plays and he goes and reverts back to that guy that's, you know, like you guys say, like where he's like Julius sometimes and he's just trying to do stuff out of his <laughs> element, it, it, it will hurt his game. But I can see... I think John Wall has been humbled. You know, I think yeah. for a player to sit out this long for a team for teams to say, you know what, John, we we really don't want to want to trade for you. I think he'll come in and if a coach say, hey, you know, we want you to do this, we want you to do that. I personally think Ash and Chris, I think he will say, you know what, coach, I'll do that. I don't see him coming in Ash and saying, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm John Wall. I, yeah. I just don't no, see it I think anymore. he. I think you know somebody who's been out of the game for one reason or another as much as yeah. Wall has. I think he just honestly yeah. wants to be in a just just want to who he wants to be in a, a conducive, just non toxic, non dysfunctional environment. Oh, he just man. wants to play. Yeah, you know I what I mean. But, but unfortunately, the, unfortunately, the 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 anchor to that is or the ball and chain to that rather what's holding him back is that contract and the yeah. fact that people yeah, don't have so the people money. don't have a recent it's the same thing we talk about with Ben Simmons and yeah. people don't have a recent memory of John Wall all they have is John Wall on the bench all they have is John Wall injured all they have is John Wall you know unavailable to play for one reason or another and it's, yeah. unfor- reason it's, it's, it's unfortunate right that businesses or it's unfortunate unfortunate the business of basketball doesn't look at the overall resume and it's a very yeah. what have you done for me lately league as i've yeah. mentioned but sports are yeah. and it's unfortunately john wall hasn't done much for anybody lately so yeah picking up that hefty contract for somebody who you don't know what you're going to get at this point what this yeah. version of john wall looks like i just don't see anybody doing that i could be wrong but am it's I, the same am- thing i feel about westbrook i don't see anybody picking that up and Am with mistake- Westbrook, you have the tape of what he's been doing lately. So it's even more a reason you're not going to pick it up. You know what I mean? All right, that wraps up three on five. It's time to fire up the certified hotline and welcome in the host of the Take Line podcast, Jason Concepcion. Jason, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure course, to be man. here. Yeah, man. I mean, first thing that stands out is Everything you got going on in the background, all all those books, all the pictures. I mean, <laughs> where, where do you even begin there? Do you, now, do you first know of the all, you missed book? the most important thing. Do you not see Thanos's hand back there? That's right. Where I, see the it, I see it at the top. Hey, Glenn. Oh, my don't goodness. snap that finger. <laughs> That's the gloves, baby. Make some oh, people from man. the garden disappear for me, Jason. Oh, <laughs> Put it on real quick. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, I, I'm sending you my support. Listen. We're a toxic fan base sometimes. What can, yeah. what can we do? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's from love, though. It's from from, from somebody that's not from New York. I'm going to be honest. I'm not from New York, but your fan base, if I, if I was to play for you guys, I would literally give 200% because I know if I do great, I'll be a king. So, like, don't don't take it bad. You guys just love the game. You can't turn on your own people, though. I'm one of them. They can't turn huh? on me. They yeah. can't. They can't yeah. come at me crazy. I hold down the yeah. fort. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, people say New Yorkers are rude, and I, I don't think that's the case. I think what mm-hmm. it is is New Yorkers are, are just tremendously busy all the time. They're moving from place to place in a cloud of chaos. Yeah. You deal with a million things every time you step out the door, and yeah. then you get to the game, and the game is supposed to be the time when, okay, you know, like. <laughs> This is it. This is let's this get a W. Is, we, let's right. get a W. We uh, we yeah. get to see you know like the, these athletes that we love work hard and play hard, and we're gonna enjoy this. I'm around a, a community of Knicks fans, and when it goes bad and it goes sideways, Knicks fans are gonna talk about it, and it's not always gonna be positive for sure, and it's not always gonna be the thing that is beneficial for the situation. There is an argument to be made that this does not help. 
when you're trying to bring in players or trying to help the players that you have play to the best of their ability. Yeah. But, but it is what it is. It's, it is that. I think there's a level. I think there's a line. And one thing I've always been very adamant about, and some people hate me when I say this, when I say toxic, I mean at times because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't know how to keep it within the realms of basketball. Mm. There's no reason to flood, you know, Kendra Randall's, you know, uh, Instagram feed or talk about, you know, Julius Randall's kid or talk about him outside. You know, they should stay in the four walls of Madison Square Garden. But look, I tell people all the time, you know, this is not the 90s. This is not even the early 2000s where all those players Mm -hmm. wanted to go to those big markets you know now Mm -hmm. you know i think fans are more enamored with the fact that every free agent wants to play in la or new york and that's not the case anymore so if you Mm -hmm. are a fan base who quickly turns and this is not just knicks related this is all across the board if you quickly turn on your players and make it so where they don't even want to show up to work every day they have Mm -hmm. other options and that's all Mm -hmm. i've ever said is they have other options i I feel like the, there's the other way around, you know, Kevin mm. Durant came out and said one day, you know, our fans will love us if we stop playing like shit, you know? So I think <laughs> it's a double-edged yeah. sword there. Yeah, you have definitely. to put a product on the floor that your fans are going to be proud of for 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 to get that reaction that you want. And since we're on the topic of New York basketball, Jason, I mean, there's no more polarizing player on the Knicks right now than Julius Randle. I call mm-hmm. him Julius Handle because once he touches mm-hmm. the ball, he ain't getting <laughs> off that thing. What, what do you, what, how do you feel about him? That was good. And, that and was where, good. where do you, do you think he's a, do you think he stops the ball? From, do you think the, the, the offense looks better without him? And do you want him? In, I mean, I don't want to say, do you want him in New York, but. Does he stop the ball? Yes. That is that his fault? Here's the, here's the issue. Knicks need a playmaker. They needed a playmaker for 20 years. Like, <laughs> Here they actually, I think, are not playing that badly for a mm-hmm. team that starts Alec Burks at point guard, <laughs> sure. a career bench guy mm-hmm. who is playing hard. Yo, Donovan was and, giving him and, that work last night. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. He's playing, he's playing hard and he's playing out of position and mm-hmm. he's being asked to to like cook a meal that he has not ever cooked before in his career. Right. So in, from that perspective, I think the Knicks kind of like, what did you expect? Julius mm-hmm. averaged six assists last year. And in a way, that was a red flag because that just tells you we don't have a playmaker on this team. Now, Julius, if the first read is the first thing that he wants to do, it's great. If mm-hmm. he has to make that second read, it's not really going to happen. And again, he's not a playmaker. Right. You know, he he struggles to find that second thing. Uh, passes are not always right right in the pocket where the where the uh, shooter needs to shoot. It's it he struggles to make that read. We're asking him to do things that are above and beyond his level, and sometimes it works. Most times it doesn't. He had a good game last night, but it was an, again another night where. They need that general on the floor who's yeah. going to have the ball and say, okay, here's the shot. Where, here's what we're going to run. Here's option one, option two. Everybody get in their positions. I'm going to bring it down and make it happen. A lot of times late in the game where Julius tries to take on that role of I'm the guy, so I'm going to bring it up. Yeah, that's he, where he, things amplify and get. He shouldn't have that ball bad. in his hand as much as he yeah. does. But let me ask you this, because the criticism is, you know, you know how Knicks fans are. If you you yeah, don't play yeah. well, 
we want you traded. It could, you could have been there for a week. You know what I mean? They wanted to trade <laughs> Obi Toppin after a week. He started. It was a rookie season. They were, ready to, they were ready to trade Obi for a chopped cheese and a quarter water one week into his rookie <laughs> season. So I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even engage that. Right. But is it kind of an unfair? And look, you know, body language and and just attitude aside, which is all justified. Is it unfair to kind of just close the chapter on Julius, whether from a front office standpoint or even from a fan standpoint, given the fact that he did a lot with very little last season? The team was supposed to get better this season. They haven't gotten better. And now you kind of have him in this weird middle where he's not the guy he was last season, but he also doesn't have the right system for him to be anything different. So it's like a weird, is it unfair to say that in order to make that jurisdiction on Julius Randle, you have to put him in a situation where his skill set is conducive and then make that assumption? Or is it just like, you know what, what we see is what we get and we're moving on from it? It's fair and it's unfair. It's fair in the sense that, you know, uh, he's not been playing well this season. Uh, and that is on him to a certain extent. It is unfair in this respect. Knicks have been bad. And I'm not counting last year. And obviously there's been blips, right? A long and I wouldn't time. call them. A, I wouldn't call them a <laughs> bad team this year, but purely bad team. But they've been bad for 20 years. OK, when you're bad for Damn. that long. Christian, don't laugh at that, okay? When you're bad, when you're when you're bad for that long, that's on the people who are putting this team together. That's on the people at the top. That's on management. Mm -hmm. That means poor decisions. Mm. Uh, everything going wrong with the Knicks this season is on everybody. The front office made certain bets, and the bets were. Knicks were a, an elite defensive team. We got Julius Randle. Let's put some scoring around him. If we take half a step back on defense, as long as we take a full step forward on offense, it's a win. Yeah. All those bets didn't pan out. Okay. Evan Fournier, disaster. Kemba, disaster. Like none of it worked. And that's that's on everybody. That's on the front office too. And they need to. There are certain times that Leon should maybe you know do a press conference, do an interview. I think somebody, other people need to take the pressure off just the players and maybe talk about this a little bit too. Do you think in the last few years, though, as a Knicks fan, these last two years have been great for you guys, Ash? Like, I feel like as much as it been bad, as much as you guys say about Leon and the people in the front office, I feel like as an outsider, because I'm not a Knicks fan, mm -hmm. I feel like that Leon and the people that's been constructing a, a team for you guys... I think they're doing a great job because they were working with nothing. Like Jason's saying, you guys aren't sorry. So they're doing something <laughs> right. So when you got... No, I'm, I'm being no, honest. They're not. Well, I, Some so nights we I are. Had to do a, I had nice. to do a scout for the Lakers. You guys went up on the Lakers, I think. I don't want to be wrong. I want to say 20. Right, Jason? Oh, 20? That's correct. And you know right, what so happened listen. in that second half? Drew I know, but listen. Handled. I know you're not talking about eight <laughs> losses in a row over there, Brooklyn, when you guys were going to guarantee a championship, right? Make sure you hey, worry about James roster, Harden before us. you worry about what's going on in the body, <laughs> right? We Don't come over here. Roster. Back to Lethal, go ahead. So, I, I so, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Lethal. No, no, no. So hear this, hear this, Jason. We, we complain so much about the Knicks, but the system works because to go up by 20 and 30 with these teams and lose, that means that people are going outside the system that's built. Now, I don't want to say any names, but... The system that you guys have, if you give the ball up, what Jason is saying, that system you will kill. You have gazelles. You got Obi. You got RJ. You got these guys that could run like four fours in, in, 40, in a 40-yard in a dash, right? But what happens to you guys 
once you guys get up, you're going to notice the same pattern. They start going away from that system and, you know, remember, I'm not it's saying names. the third names. quarter of doom, people, lethal. That's what we yeah, call it. The third, third yes, quarter people, of doom. People, people are stat uh, checking. So once they start stat checking, then if you notice, that's, those are erratic shots. That's over dribbling. That's instead of OB being open in the fast break, which Ashley was saying that we love, instead of giving it to him so he could just go get a dunk, some people will hold it because they're like, shit, I got 14. I need 26. You know what I mean? So I feel like I, as much as you guys are hard on the front office, I think for what you guys are working with and what they had to work with coming in, I think they did a good job of putting something together so you guys can have a team. I'm not hard on the front office. I think they're doing a great job. I think it's I a, don't disagree with I that. I think it's patience. I, okay. I think it's it's you know, I think what it is is Knicks fans got a taste of what it's like to be a winning team last season, Man, right? And yeah, they got a little bit of taste of blood. And what happens yeah. when it's almost like if you have a lion in a cage for too long and then you let him in the yeah. wild and he's like, wait, I yeah. can eat whenever I want? This is yeah. great. You know, and that's what they they expected. They expected that at least the same level, if not better. And that hasn't been the case. So it's a little bit of a frenzy. I think the front office is doing what they can do, but it's not going to happen overnight. And that's a concept right. I think a lot of people are unable to grasp, that it's not an overnight right. thing. You look at any team that has rebuilded, has rebuilt from the ground up. I'm not talking about, right. you know, made these blockbuster trades and all this. It takes a while. It does not happen overnight. And that's something that a lot of people are not okay with, you know, grasping that concept. I think what makes it look worse is that, you know, our starting five minus RJ is like the four slowest guys in the league. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the bench, we watch the bench and it's like, oh my God, Obi, this is incredible. What's he, he's mm -hmm. just running, man. Like Grimes, yeah. IQ, Obi, they just run. They're young and they yeah. run. Now, Grimes. They, yeah. now the issue yeah. is they're not all the way ready either. It comes no. back to that playmaker. Yeah. It comes yeah. back to that playmaker. They don't have that person on the court. Make who's them that, who is that natural IQ guy who's like, here's what we're gonna do. I'm settling, I'm settling us down. I'm gonna run us through our sets. I'll I'll get you in your spot and let's and do be that. ready. Yeah, and exactly. be ready. We don't he, have he's that. he's not lying. If y'all had because I I'm saying like, what like, like Kyle Lowry is for the Miami Heat. Yes. Yeah, or what like, yes. what Paul is like, for the like, Suns. Imagine, yeah, imagine this. Imagine coming down full speed, Obi Toppin comes up really hard, act like he's going to get the ball and goes back door and get plays like that where somebody's throwing him a bounce pass and he takes off for a dunk. If the dunk is there, he drives baseline, kicks it to RJ. RJ doesn't have the three in the corner. RJ drives. Kick, like, they're not playing basketball like that. Lethal, that you sense. just gave me goosebumps. I literally got chills <laughs> envisioning they just, that happening. They just don't. You guys have chills. the athletes. <laughs> And I, I, I agree with you, Jason, with some of the people are slow, but the surrounding pieces, like you're saying, Jason, if they use that little core that they have that are the gazelles, you got they don't even set you know back who we're screen missing. alley use for RJ. You know who we're missing? Who? Derek Rose. Who? I need D. Rose yeah, to come back. Yeah, yeah. I need my yeah. guy to come back and yeah, save us from this madness. One. Okay. And, yeah. And back to your previous point. I agree. The front office has done pretty well. Here's the thing. Yeah. In the past. Bad Knicks team seemed like they didn't have any plan beyond, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to land that star because New York, New yeah. York, and everybody loves right. it. This front office is more realistic. You feel that there is a plan behind it. They still want to lure that big name free agent, but they're doing it in a very responsible way right? by putting a team together that can make a little noise as last season. You know, last season was kind of like the proof of concept where, uh, you know, the, the team was saying, hey, 
look at how fun it could be if you come here yeah. and win here. Look how crazy they are. This is a team that squeaked into the playoffs and the fans are going nuts like like it, it's a finals game. Wouldn't this be great to be a part of? Yeah. So I think that that part of it works. It's just that the bets that they made this year have not paid off. That's yeah. all. I mean, but look I at, still think they've done a good job. Look at, you know, I... Kemba, love him. I love bringing New Yorkers home. I was so ecstatic when we brought Carmelo home. It was one of the greatest times. Um, I know Baltimore claims him, but Brooklyn claims him too, all right? So I will fight to the death over Carmelo Anthony. But that was a great time. I love Kemba. But look, Kemba Walker can't play him on back-to-backs. Arthritic knee. Mm -hmm. He doesn't play defense. It was kind of, the report was out there on him. And yes, it's not like he's costing you an abysmal amount of money, but he's also not consistently affecting the game. If you look, when the Knicks play at a pace that's fast they play better they don't do well playing slow and a lot of the times mm -mm. you see the pieces that we've added have not really been conducive for that speed i would love to mm -mm. see and jason this is my question for you what does that point guard look like for you is it a young stud like Emmanuel quickly, who I think has the potential to be I really, really great. One, or yeah. do you go ahead and you get a vet like a Kyle Lowry or someone who's not going to be part of the team forever, but he's going to go ahead and be a substantial part of that starting unit and really be that leadership and just go ahead and guide that offense. Yeah, I mean, I wish I rue that we didn't go in for Fred Van Vliet. You know? Oh, me too. Mm, uh, that's the, that uh, yeah. it hurts me. We should have we should have done it. Yeah. Um, you get the defense, you get the shooting, uh, you get yeah. a guy who can who can run a team. You know, it's been so long that I'll take Let anybody out, who from what, I, from what I hear though, the Knicks didn't even have a chance because they they were scheduled yeah, they to meet with Fred Van Fleet that week. And literally Toronto came in before anybody else's interviews took place with I, Fred and signed him right there. They were like, we're not mm. letting you walk. Listen, Whatever you want, we will give it to you. So the next thing you have a shot. <laughs> I understand that. And I have heard that as well. But it's like, you know, at least let them put their offer on the table. Right. Like, yeah. Get to a point where you put an offer on the table. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, in the NBA, in sports in general, it's a no excuses uh, activity, yeah. you know, like I, I get it. You didn't have the angle, but other teams get this done. I don't. I, this is the kind of thing with this front office and why it why it's hard sometimes with the Knicks. It's because fans have been waiting for a long time. So when they get that drop of blood, as yeah. you said, yeah. they they go wild and they go overboard. Uh, just like put a put a team that can, we can get behind in front of. Jason, us. I got I got two names for you. I want to hear sure. what you think about these two names. One is De'Aaron Fox, um, and two which wouldn't be this season, but maybe next season trading for him is Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, I love uh, De'Aaron Fox. The question is for what? The fit with Julius Randle would not be great, at least, you know, off top, as it looks on paper. Uh, Fox would be a, an upgrade. Is it, a tr is it Julius Randle for Fox? What are we giving up to get Fox? Yeah, I would you love Fox. Yeah. You have to get Randle. I, I, I would do that trade. No disrespect to Julius Randle. I, I'm very appreciative of everything he did for us last year. He is a, seems like a wonderful man. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's but Julius, is a, Julius is a really good, good guy, though. He is a yeah, really good guy. I know, I, I know Knicks I mean fans want to say that, you know, he's this and he's that. But no, 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 no. I've interviewed Here's Julius. He's, he's, he's a really nice person. He's a Here's cool guy. A, no bullshit. He seems like a wonderful man. And, I'm sh and if I give him, when I give him grace, the thing I think about is that 
it must be hard when your family is there to be booed. That's mm. not fun. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, that would put you in a place that would make you feel a type of way. And I'm, and that's not fun. Not only that, but to go from MVP, MVP yeah, yeah. to boo, we hate you. Like, Your that's going to be there. an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. You know what I mean? It, comes, it does come with like the territory. It, with the territory. It, it does come yeah. with the territory lethal. But I think with, with Julius, you know, Nick's fans are... I, I don't think there's a more passionate fan base. Maybe you can say Boston, maybe Philly. But Nick's fans are extremely knowledgeable. And because of that, they feel like they can do everything better than the people who are hired to actually do it. Mm. So with Julius, it's not that the boos are not warranted. I'm not a fan of booing my own players. I've never done it because I'm like, I boo the I boo the, the, the enemy. You the coming into my team. house, I'm booing, yeah, you know, yeah. LeBron James. I'm not booing my guy. Right. But and, you know, Patrick Ewing talked about this at one point, too. I forget the yeah. article, but he spoke about how the boos at a certain point just become so overwhelming and it, it almost clouds what you're trying to do and it's like I play at home because it's supposed to be the advantage I play at home mm. because it's supposed to be a, a a bubble of positivity and a bubble of you know encouragement and the booze yeah here and there it's fine but sometimes I mean I've been in the garden and it sound you would think like Michael Jordan was on the court like it, mm. it gets a little hectic sometimes so I I can imagine that coming from a season that he had and then his you know Kaiden's in the audience and then his wife's in the audience and they're booing them and they're saying things to them and he's worried about that it's good. just it's a lot it's a lot to deal with that said i would take i would take the the randall for fox straight i would i would take fox and then malcolm brogdon i just love i love malcolm brogdon like so uh, do you guys think that derrick Rowe, and we're, we're not saying that he's not doing this but and I could be wrong, so don't snap mm -hmm. on me. <laughs> Emmanuel quickly reminds me if Derrick Rose took him under his wing, that he can be like him. If it was like, look. No, he reminds me more of Lou Will. No, no, not like the explosiveness. I'm talking about like he can bring to the team oh. what Derrick Rose brings if he had that wisdom. So like Emmanuel, when I study them, he's a great player, which Jay's all you guys know. But he will shoot that erratic three sometimes or he would be on oh, a fast yes, he break. Will. Yeah, or he might be on a fast break and have a mid-range and shoot a three. Now, imagine if Derrick Rose was molding him like, hey, this is what you do here. He's quick enough what Jason is saying that you guys add that other gazelle to the lineup that he could just be just Lethal says start start quick at the point guard. I agree. Listen, I would not be against that. You wouldn't. I think that, what was he, 209 last night? Yeah, uh, but it, but that's the shooting aspect is, that can be. I I get it. I my feeling with quickly. I love quickly. I okay. love the potential that he has. I love the two way potential that he has. But again, right. Jim Jones not, is a big fan of quickly as well. We had him last he's week. Not, he's a big fan. He, I mean, we're saying it right now with Derrick Rose. Like he'd be a converted point guard, right? You know, yeah, he'd be a converted yeah. guy. We still yeah. need that natural playmaker. It would just make everything. So you just want a vet. You just want a vet. Any like, Smith. You need Ish Smith. <laughs> That's what you need. It's going to fix the Knicks issues. I, I, I think that IQ, the thing about IQ, Grimes, Obi, they highlight a weakness, a traditional weakness that the Knicks have had for a while, which is player development. I, they need to develop these guys. I think they're doing a fine job. RJ is growing by leaps and bounds over what I think a lot of people expected from him. That needs to continue. But mm -hmm. in terms of helping the team, like in the short to medium term, just having a natural playmaker who knows how to set uh, teammates up right yeah. now, that that yeah. would help. IQ will get there, but it's going to yeah. be a process for him to get so, there. So, 
So before yeah. we let you go, trade deadline, it's February 10th. This show will air tomorrow, February 9th. So we are going to tap into your <laughs> psychic abilities, okay? I put you in a room with yeah, Leon Rose, World Wide West, the whole uh -oh. gang. What Ooh. deals are you getting done for the Knicks to uh -oh. be better in the second half of the season and ultimately the rest of the franchise's history? You know, put that GM cap on and make it happen. This might yeah, actually, this might come true. So if it comes true, I'm just saying you might want to put in for your raise because we, we you know, call you, Ash or they call Ash Astrodomus. Don't be a hater. On the, <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I see some kind. I think that obviously McCollum was was rumored that's not going to happen. I see some kind of move with Alec Burks. Mm. You know, the the team has clearly been spotlighting him for a while, mm. um, and. I, I would they need to clear out space for Cam Reddish, who made it very clear when he when he was leaving Atlanta that he wants more playing time. Yes, there are rumors that Tom Thibodeau doesn't did not want Cam Reddish, be that as it mm. may. I think the most likely thing is some kind of move involving Alec Burks that clears out space and and Kemba Walker clears out space for Cam Reddish to get more run. So you're saying that Kemba might be traded? Oh. I would not be surprised to see Kemba. Yeah, My thing is, is, who picks that is a who? I mean, it's call. not that it's not that he's expensive. It's just who picks up a point guard. I know that I know, you can't know. play back to backs with. That's Orlando, my only thing. The teams at the bottom of the conference that just want assets. I mean, yeah. If this was the Knicks team of last season where they were de he, a he, defensive he, powerhouse and you didn't need him to play heavy to D play because you had yeah, four yeah. guys on the court who yeah. were going to hold Running down the court. Crazy. Yeah, Kevin yeah. would be perfect. But the way perfect. the team is constructed now, offensively, It'd technically collapse. they got better. Defensively, yeah. they collapsed and they got away from yeah. that identity. So you need all five guys to play defense. Yeah. So you're occupied a space on the court. Yeah, you're shooting, but I need you to right. defend because at the end of the day, they the Knicks defend. don't have the shooters like, say, the Golden State Warriors where yeah. that offense is constantly moving and constantly clicking. The Knicks go cold. So what happens right. when you go cold? You have to be able to defend so that that gap doesn't continue to grow while you're trying right. to go ahead and get back into it offensively. So you need guys who can do both. Unfortunately, Kemba is better suited for a team like the Golden State Warriors or for a team Ooh, that's more right. of a defensive powerhouse that doesn't need him in that aspect. That's why Ben Simmons would work well in, say, Golden State, because they don't need him yeah. to shoot. I got plenty of that. Yeah. I need you to play defense. Kemba, yeah. it's the opposite situation. They don't need him to play D. They would just need him to shoot. They already got the right. rest of it covered. The Knicks aren't built like that, unfortunately, so it just doesn't yeah. work, you know? Well, I trust you, Jason. I trust that. That's I mean, a, that's the, other a big aspect, jump. the other aspect, and Ashley's right, is uh, we were a defensive powerhouse last year, but I think that part of the mistake the miscalculation the Knicks made is I think we overrated how good we were defensively Ooh. last year. You know, you like if you look how at, good you were all together. You I mean, wow. well, if you look at, I just think have a heart, analytics, Chris. Analytics, oh, analytics, people, analytics folks all season last season, we're talking about how the Knicks gave up a huge amount of open threes and teams just weren't connecting for whatever reason. And, 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 you know, the numbers people kept waiting for that to swing back and it never did. It never did. Yeah. So, but credit the Knicks for that. But still, I think we came into this season maybe a little bit skewed on how locked down we really were defensively. I think a little bit of it was luck. And so when we made those moves to bring on offensive players, we took a bigger step back defensively than we mm. imagined we would have because we were actually a little inflated last season.
A hundred percent. And we took a step forward having you on the podcast today, Thank brother. So Thank you so much. Just real quick before you go, plug yourself, man. Where can people find your pod? Take Line Podcast comes out every Tuesday. All Caps NBA, my video series uh, on the league comes out every Friday on, on YouTube. Please uh, like and subscribe. And then my pop culture podcast, Expert Vision, comes out uh, every Friday as well, wherever you get your podcasts. My man is busy. Super dope. Yeah. Keep, up, keep up the great work, man. Too, so. yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate work. you for stopping by, man. Thank you so much. All right, so that does it for our interview with Jason. I mean, guys, he was so much fun, wasn't he? I love talking to Knicks fans, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially ones like him. I mean, he's got a lot of energy. It's, it, just, it, it's it was always so beneficial fun. to share the pain with somebody who understands, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Let's, let's move away from that pain and let's see what's popping on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Uh, Ashley, I got to ask you about this. I saw I saw on Twitter that you just started Euphoria. Is oh, I did. I'm very <laughs> oh. invested into this show right now. Yeah. Um, I was a little... I, I love Zendaya. I'm a big Zendaya yeah. okay. fan for a multitude of yeah. reasons. I think she's super dope. Um, But I actually never watched it. It's in season two. So I was like, mm, this yeah. doesn't look like something I'd be interested in. I know Drake's so an executive producer. So I've been watching it. And it's really dope because it kind of reminds me of Degrassi. But okay. it's a lot more, it's a lot deeper. It's a lot more substance. You know, you're dealing with people who, you know, had absent father or absent fathers. And you're dealing with, you know, teenagers who struggle with substance abuse. You're dealing with people who are struggling with their sexuality. And it's it's a mm. real, you know, it's, it's a real truth. telescope into yeah. what teenagers, especially I feel like Gen Z more than millennials, you know, we're millennials, but I think mm. Gen Z mm -hmm. even more is dealing with these things more than we've ever yeah. had. You know what I mean? Or we yeah. ever did. Yeah. Um, I think it's show on a broader scale because of so because that social media era, you know, it's mm. dealing with your identity, not only sexually, but, you know, some people who are transitioning and, and making, you mm. know, going from male to female or female to man or somewhere mm. in the middle. I, I just think that it's really well written and it's a real... Um, it really captivates just all of the trials and tribulations of being an adolescent. And I enjoy it. And Zendaya is fantastic. I can see why she won an Emmy and she's going to win another one wow. because that girl is special. Wow. Shout out to her. Spider-Man, you got one. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that right Spider -Man now. Spider-Man did a good job. Right? Did you Listen. say Drake? Did you say Drake is a producer on He's that show? He's an executive yeah. producer of the yeah. show. Yeah. What yeah. does he you not see do? He I mean, that guy's a businessman. He's like you. You're all over the place too. I'm just trying to get like you, Lethal. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man, you all over. You and no, don't do, don't say nothing about what is what we call Astro. Drake's got a closet full of. Astro is a businesswoman. Drake's got a closet full of Birkins for his future wife, so you know he's getting paid, right? Controversy. Shoot, those are ten G's a pop or more. Speaking of future wife, you know what I'm saying? The Winter Olympics started last Friday, and that had me thinking: if you were to participate in one winter olympic event what would it be right i know for mm. me it'd probably be somewhere between snowboarding and ice hockey because i like to slide into them dms mm -hmm. you feel me but oh like my oh God. My what God. about everybody else you <laughs> feel me where well what's the what's y'all's olympic event that you'd be on well any i couldn't do ice i can't ice skate i'm terrible at okay. it so <laughs> okay. anything that has to put me on the ice count me out i, I can't think, ice skate either yeah i probably i think i tried once as a kid and i was like yep this is not for me um, yeah. <laughs> I think bobsledding I'd be good at. When you put yourself in a little thing and you're going down the tube, mm. I'd be actually kind of dope at that. Because I, I like go-karts and like things like that. And like, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm slim enough to where it'd be, I'd be able to like get in there be and be comfortable across. and like yeah. elusive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I'd be good at that. I don't know why when you said bob 
slight. I thought about like apple bobbin or whatever it's called, Jesus. like grabbing the what? apples from the from the. I don't even know if that's the right term for it. <laughs> Lethal, what about you? I know you probably. Uh, I, I'm not really good. I tried, um, but I, I think snowboarding is pretty cool. I think they, mm. they they just look so cool when they jump in the air and do all that type of stuff. So if I was to do an Olympic sport, I would love to be like. We don't want to see none of those. We want to see you shoot against the robot, Lethal. I can do that though. That's I can I jump know on a snowboard and let's shoot. See, jump I want to see him Yo, snowboard. No, let's put him on some like put him on a snowboard against right. a, uh, a robot uh-huh. and have them yeah. shoot baskets as they're going down the slope. Oh, hey, that's a shooting video, girl. Listen, oh yeah, my goodness. She just got hey, you Chris, Listen, that's a good that shooting video. Listen, you can do it all. You don't have to do the scary like slope. You can do like the bunny one. Yeah. So it's like not yeah, that yeah. steep, but just that would be fine. Just knocking down shots. Just, hey, thanks. I, I, if, I, if I post that, I'll, I'll give just you guys credit. Don't give Christian credit. He didn't come up with that idea. Okay, okay. Question. What? You see how she just tried to disagree? Technically, you didn't ask the question. Technically, Josh wrote the question. This is the follow-up. I had to follow up, you feel me? Journalistic integrity. Oh, Oh, man. man. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to not get buckets. What the heck, Josh? What the heck is this? <laughs> this Illuminati type. Josh was on a roll. You know you had to regress to the mean. Yeah, you hey, listen. Even Jordan missed shots. You know what I mean? I don't believe in that. You better get buckets. <laughs> you better get buckets. <laughs> so you got to get buckets. That's right. It's the certified bucket of the week. Verified with our stamp of approval. It's the certified bucket of the week. My certified bucket. I, once again, I'm just watching. Just. I don't want to say women's sports, but I just mm. feel like now they are getting the credit that they always deserve. When mm. you had that corny, that corny dude sitting on the couch trying to water down women's sport or that corny person mm-hmm. trying to say that women shouldn't get paid it's the this guy and women in the shouldn't be- get with the beer the, belly surrounded yeah, by the potato dude, the dude chips that and never beers. got picked up <laughs> for the basketball team and uh, the dudes get stay in the kitchen did it right. now people are starting to see everything that we've been trying to tell you about women's sports take the time to watch women's sports and somebody that's making everybody watch right now is Caitlin Clark she is mm. a sniper. She is lethal. She is shooting that thing like Steph Curry from the logo. She had 46 points. Um, she's pulling from the logo like, is she a like lethal shooting shooter? a free throw. She's a lethal shooter. She <laughs> is like, she's lethal shooter on steroids. So keep up the great work. I'm a huge fan. And once again, if you're not watching women's basketball, I think we spoke about this before, mm. Ash. Um, if you're not watching women's basketball, take the time. Take the time to watch women's basketball to see how fundamental, how skilled these girls are because these girls are good and they're not going to stop because they're demanding more noise and they're coming at you straight to your living room. My certified bucket actually goes to the man in Philly and that is Joel Embiid. 40 points versus the Bulls on Friday. Look... I think we already know that Joel Embiid is just a different breed. I know that rhymes to bars. But I think also (laughs) what's more impressive, and this is why he's at the top of the MVP ladder right now, is what he's doing in the absence of Ben Simmons. You know, a lot of teams would have crumbled, not only because you're missing an intricate part of your defense, but I think also... Because of everything, the scrutiny, all the questions, you know, all of the just the, the eyes and the comments and the opinions that could negatively affect the team. And we've seen it happen before. Right. Um, 
But I think that, you know, Joel being able to kind of bring everybody together and be that leader, be that glue, be that force, and this team be a actual contender. And this is not like a low seed contender. They're a top seed contender. Like, I wouldn't want to have to go through Philly in a seven-game series. Like, that is mm. a tough team. So shout out to Joel Embiid. Shout out to Doc. Shout out to the whole squad. I mean... To do what you're doing with every reason and every, you know, opportunity to not be in that situation is just a testament to how good of a basketball team that the 76ers actually are. You know, and once again, uh, I'm sorry. No, good. No, good. And once again, they're doing that without Ben. So imagine Mm. if you slide Ben Mm. in and he's playing that defense and he's driving downhill like you're saying. Nobody care about that jump shot. Do your thing, bro. And with the way this team is playing right now, my goodness, Joel looked like somebody that's from the one of them '80s big men. Ben, it's like not. Shy. It's not too late to change your mind, yeah. Poppy. You can come back. Yeah. It's not too late. You can come it's, back. Yep. We'll, 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 they will welcome you back. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a chance that I may have votes at the end of the season, which is MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, all okay, those. Okay, flex. And it would be, it would be hey, difficult. Oh, Come on now. Come on now. You know you the vibes. Just, you know the vibes. Don't try to Stop slide playing. that in there right? big time. That's Listen, big time again. Hey, I, hey look, man. Hey, we got to treat this dude to a dinner or something. He be trying to slide that flex in there. He got to a dinner. I'm he trying to get votes. like... Why? Hey, he's doing no NBA money. votes. We got we to gotta send him Listen, to a dinner. Who's your certified bucket, Christian? Listen, no, I'm, uh, before I get to my certified bucket, it's going to be hard for me not to vote for Joel Embiid for MVP, given everything that he's done in Philly for this. You could You could tell me... You could have told me at the beginning of the year, no Ben Simmons, the Sixers are fighting for a playing spot, right? Yeah. And they're not. They're, they're, fight, they're trying to be that number one seed. So shout out to Joel Embiid. Ashley, my certified bucket is going to hurt me as much as it hurts you, but I got to give it to Donovan Mitchell. Um, 27 points in 22 minutes against the Nets. Mind he you, was he, doing whatever he missed he a lot of games with a concussion, right? Mm. Comes back 8 of 10 from the field for 27 points, 6 of 7 against the Nets. Beat the Nets by God knows how much. I think it was a 20 ball. And then... He, he leads the, the Jazz to a win against your Knicks, 32 points, 13 to 26. Obviously, 2 of 10 from, from downtown. But this is why I, I brought up that trade idea of, of moving Ben Simmons in a trade to Utah. The Jazz need to do whatever they can do to keep Donovan Mitchell in Salt Lake City for his career. And the best way you can do that mm-hmm. is get a young player about the same age as him to, to build that future with. So I don't know what that friction is. I'm seeing reports of friction between him and Rudy Gobert. Who knows what the Jazz end up doing here coming up to the trade deadline. Donovan Mitchell is the real deal, and the Jazz is do whatever they can do to keep him there. That's right. Absolutely. Shout out to New York's very own. That is a wrap for this episode of Man, Certified Man, that was Buckets. a fun episode. That kind of flew was by. Fun. That was, that was it, quick. Yeah, that it was flew fun. by, except for when we were talking about Portland, man. Someone, <laughs> someone get Portland. Two things. They are, get Portland they need some and get milk. Sacramento. Sacramento needs some milk. They need some what? They need some milk. Need some milk. <laughs> Sacramento got to get drug tested, y'all. And next show, next show uh, is going to be even crazier because when we come back, the trade deadline would have passed. Oh, my goodness. So there are going to be a lot of moves to dice sect, which teams got better, which teams got worse, and which teams right. made no moves at all. I'm willing to bet the Knicks are probably going to be on that list. But until <laughs> nah, then... y'all are going to blow it up. Yeah, alright. Um, <laughs> until then, though, until then, though, make sure you do yourself a favor. Hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, and we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. From me, Lethal, Christian, and his barbecue chicken, we are out. Peace (laughs) until next week. Peace, love, and barbecue chicken grease. You know the vibes.